Hello, I'm Laura Furiosi, divorced mother of three, and I'm here with my mother, Lynette Galvin, with 35 years' experience in family law. You're listening to the Divorce Course Podcast. Through our candid discussions, we hope to help you through your divorce or de facto separation. We will be answering the most commonly asked questions and covering the stages and steps that you will face on your way to freedom. Hello, and welcome to the Divorce Course. Welcome back, Mum. Thanks for joining us. Hello, Laura. Now, today we're going to cover something that uh, everybody has to deal with when going through negotiating, um, property, children's, the, the divorce, or, or basically it's part of the 101 of law is writing a, an effective, good letter. Isn't that right, Mum? That is. It is. It, it's part of um, the process, particularly if you're hoping to negotiate. Um, so, and when we say letters, Laura, of course, we need mean emails and we even mean text messages or however you're communicating. So basically, we're going to guide you through how to write a good letter, what the structure is, what the out, uh, how to determine what your outcome should be, how to follow our divorce course compass when doing the letter. Um, and we're also going to go through some not-to-dos and some particularly types of letters that are incredibly unhelpful and, in fact, some letters that can be harmful to your case. Mm-hmm. And we'll also cover some different types of letters based on the divorce course personality type that you have. And if you don't know what divorce type personality type you have, you can uh, listen to the first ever episode we did uh, that covers all of that as well. So let's get started, Mum. Let's yep. get started. Okay. Uh, so like you just mentioned, you might need it for negotiating. Maybe you're writing a letter to child support. Maybe you're writing a formal letter to people. So we need to talk about making sure that your letter is achieving something. So can you talk us through what that means? Yeah. So this is, um, this, when you're writing letters for yourself in a legal case, you're effectively being your own legal representative. So you Mm. need to keep a focus, um, when you write the letter and the first thing I think you need to identify is why you're writing that letter. What is it that you're hoping to achieve? And uh, right. and and be careful um, that you stick to that program and don't get carried away <laughs> on other aspects. Do you mean like, for example, if you you had a couple of things on the go, you're, talk, you're dealing with children's matters, you're dealing with property matters, um, so you, but, but what you mean is try and stick your letter to one topic, one issue. Yes, I think so. If you, if you have got multiple issues, um, then rather than write one letter for each issue, just divide the letter up into sections. So say you've got an issue with um, the payment of the mortgage or something, you know, in the early days, you might put a little heading because it is, after all, it's a formal letter. And if you're writing it to your ex-partner, you might say mortgage payments, Um, put that Mm. in bold and then underneath say what you've got to say. And remember Mm. um, to keep it, you know, our compass, north is nice, east is exact, s is short and for west you need to have it without emotion. So write the letter mm. as though someone else was really writing it for you. You can use your, mm. your, you know, your voice, so to speak, um, like, uh, dear Peter, mortgage payments, right? What you wouldn't say is I am incredibly upset that you haven't paid the mortgage payments and, you know, wander off like that because the first you've got to identify what you want, right? 
if you're writing that letter to get Peter to contribute his share of the payments, uh, mm -hmm. then starting off with an attack like that, um, whilst it might make you feel better, is probably not going to achieve things. So you need to take that incredibly, I hate seeing that in a letter anyway, um, and mm -hmm. upset to take that out. Um, and instead, you might start off with a little history like, um, I noticed that last month's mortgage payment wasn't paid, right? That's your little, little lead in. Um, yes. If, if we don't pay this, you know, then um, talk about the consequences and then just ask, would you please or could you please attend to that payment um, by Friday? Something like that. Okay. So it's, it's clear and polite, but no, okay. you know. No emotional yeah. drama. So sticking to yeah. the compass, which we'll put in the notes as well. Mm -hmm. And but so so say for example, so that person's looking for mortgage. Is is it what, like how effective is once we keep going through how to write a good letter? Is it worth writing letters? Is it effective? Is it is it worth the effort? Have you seen through your years of experience the power of writing a good letter? Absolutely. I was just about to say because sometimes people say, oh, uh, you know, they might be having a huge fight about something and the lawyer or person might say, why don't you write a letter? And someone will go, well, how is a letter going to stop anything? So yes. so w w what is it about letters and how have you seen mm -hmm. it work in, you okay. know, without talking about private past clients, how, how do you see it as effective? Well, a letter is, or, or a text message or an email, is a documented um, attempt by you to negotiate. If you ultimately mm -hmm. end up in court, um, you can demonstrate to the court, look, Your Honour, I tried to sort this out by email. I sent him this letter or email and he didn't answer or he said no or whatever, or he said he would and he didn't. And so it's an important, like an evidence trail that you need to have to show. Um, and your letters, um, our listeners' letters, if they follow our compass of, of being nice, exact, keeping it short and without emotion, uh, then the court will see them in a better light um, than if they mm. wrote, you know, a letter starting with you, beep, 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 how could you do this to me and the kids, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. um, And I've yeah. seen through the years where... Uh, at, at court, um, someone says, well, you know, I would have paid it if they'd asked or I would have done this if they'd asked. Uh, and if you've written a good letter and you've kept your documentation, you can produce that and say that it, actually this is what really happened because either sometimes people forget what's happened, the other side might forget, or they deliberately lie and this is where mm. your good record keeping goes. So it's really a paper trail and okay. you know that you're going to keep it um, and so you and, and every letter you write, people, um, please, uh, my dears, just imagine it next to an affidavit and being read out in open court. And or the judge open. reading it. Oh, my hat, yes. So you really need to keep the tone No nicknames, down. no Yeah, no swear words. To cover the point of uh, the reason why we're doing an episode on writing a letter is mm. because, one, not only can, if it's written well, get you a resolution that will mean you don't have to go to court but also number two if it doesn't get you a resolution you've got evidence that you have trying to be reasonable and to try and negotiate the situation mm. which is which will help you in court so letters sound lame they don't sound mm. like they'll do anything but in mum's experience as she said writing a letter can really make a difference okay so to write a good letter we've identified that you need to make sure that you know exactly what you're your 
aim of it is? What's your objective of writing the letter? For example, yeah. the mortgage payments. Once you've identified that objective, you you want to re- like try and get it on the record or you want to inform them. So these are the objectives, right? So uh, you, do you want to record it to, to have for the judge? Do you want to inform them? Um, of something? Are you requesting something? Are you demanding something or are you warning them about something? Is that right, Mum? That's right. So so a letter, a well-written letter with good reasons in the letter and devoid of emotion can sometimes mm-hmm. solve the issue, the issue that you're worried about once it's in writing, once you've got mm-hmm. your um, details in. It, it could be a pers- very persuasive and often it can forestall an argument or someone starting a court proceedings. It can clear up misunderstandings um, as well as placing things on the record. On the other hand, like a, an unhelpful letter can just scuttle all of that. So, okay. yeah, so normally it's to inform people of something. Um, in the case of this fictional one with Peter and the mortgage payments, he might not have realised or he mm. might not know you know. <laughs> mm. So, you know, uh, um, and the first letter might be quite calm and reasonable like that, um, all your letters should be reasonable. But let's imagine in our case that Peter doesn't pay the mortgage, right, and things are starting to escalate. Then the letter that was requesting that he do something or informing him that he do something might become a little bit more urgent. Um, every letter you write that's wanting a response or a um, of some sort, you should give a deadline, you know. Okay. So always put a deadline in your letters if you want a response. Yep. And and how do you do that? What do you write? Well, you say, uh, so in our imaginary, poor old Peter, and let's call her Lucy. So Lucy's writing to Peter and she could say, say she sent that letter um, and the, she's asked for him to pay the mortgage uh, and she could say something casual like by the end of next week, right? That's not too blunt, but it's clear. In her mind, then, at the end of next week, if he hasn't either answered or done what she said, um, then she can write a, a more strong letter and say, mm. look, you haven't answered and done what I need to do. Um, and this letter could be a mixture of a demand and, an, and a warning. Uh, if you haven't paid it by next Friday at 3pm, I'm going to have to start proceedings in the court uh, to have you pay the mortgage. And, and be okay. very clear. And be ready. And the reason I say 3 o'clock on a Friday is you've still got time to get your documents in. Now, while you're waiting for an answer from Peter, uh, you, mm-hmm. should, you should have a clue as to what you're going to do. If, you, if he does this, like pays it, that's fine. If he doesn't pay it, that's fine. If he doesn't answer so that you're not at his mercy, you've got a plan ready for each of these three alternatives and you will enact them at 3 p.m. on Friday. Okay, so you sit down, you write your letter with what the like your demand or what it is that needs mm. to be done, or you have a deadline, and then you sit down after you before you send the letter and go, okay, what will I do if he doesn't respond? What will I do if he does respond? What will I do if he doesn't do what I've asked? What will I do if he does do what I ask? So you really kind of have a game plan in place so that you you yourself will feel like you're okay. Yep. With the situation that you know that you you've got some handling on it and it's not all up in the air in the sky. Mm-hmm. You've got a deadline. You can put it out of your mind until you hear back from them. You don't have Absolutely. to worry. 
if they're going to get back to you. Um, so it kind of takes that control and puts it back in your hands, really. Mm, it does. It's very empowering. Uh, and it mm. means that uh, you're ready for whatever option it is and you're pr- prepared to follow through. Uh, so don't give them long times. Like don't give them more than about 10 days okay. to get back to you. Do you do you mind giving us a brief so like a structure structure wise like in the divorce course online that we'll be doing we will have those structures there for you but so basically you would put like their address and their name in the top right hand yep. corner is that and right and the date and the date and the date right hand corner yep and then your subject heading um, yes if you're only writing about one thing okay so say yep. we're writing to Bradley and uh, Bradley. Uh, has uh, kept the kids' bikes or something, mm-hmm. okay? So you might say, so it's one thing, so you do put Bradley's address and dear Bradley, um, you know, you still put that name there and the re might be re um, little Shirley's bicycle or Shirley's bicycles, okay? Yeah. And then, and then he knows what it's about uh, and then mm-hmm. you can say, so the, then the structure is, um Firstly, you talk about what you're talking about, so your history. So um, I noticed that Shirley didn't bring her bike home last weekend, okay? Mm -hmm. So that's the the issue that you want to – that's your truth, that's the fact. I wonder um, if you could drop it back to us um, Mm -hmm. by this time because she needs it for school. Um, That's your request, yeah? Mm -hmm. And um, please – yeah, and you put your deadline in there. You know, and uh, yours faithfully. That's a very short letter. So it's your truth, the history, the inform, yeah, the request, and the deadline. That's it. And there's no emotion in there. You know, so you don't write a letter. How could you have kept her bicycle? What possible use could you have for her bicycle? No, none of that. Just okay. very bald, shaved back. And if you're inclined to write sort of a bit snarky letter. Um, mm. Hold on to it for a day, sleep on it, and and then you know check your tone and then send it. Or, or maybe get a friend to filter it for you. Mm-hmm. If you've got the compass there with you, with the north, south, east, and west, mm-hmm. with the different um, things that you need to follow, perhaps with your nice, go through it. Okay, ask your friend: Is this nice? Next, yes. Is it exact? Is it yeah. short? Is it without emotion? And if it's not, take those bits out. So get somebody else to have a little run through with you if if that's yep. okay. Mum, obviously you don't want to be poking the bear. You don't want to be causing more issues with a letter. So how do you avoid not making more issues for yourself? Uh, well, uh, first of all, don't expand on that topic. So don't don't add other things, and you know, mm-hmm. in your letter. And another thing, you know, how could you have had that affair with a woman? Like, don't do that. Don't run off that way. Um, yeah. Also, I think. Um, Is that because then they can't, that they might just skip over the issue and deal yeah. with just the other thing? Well, they, Whereas they, if it's just one issue, they, they have to respond to that issue. That's Is that true. right? That's exactly yeah. right. But you might know a trigger word that's really going to set him off, which might, other people might not recognise. Um, you right. might think, oh, this will really get him going if I do this. Or why don't I send this to arrive on his birthday? Or mm. I'll do this just before he's getting married. Okay, so mm. don't do those Don't things. do that. That makes no. it so much worse. And don't think it goes unnoticed. People, you know, they'll just say, look, 
she arranged for this letter to come to me on my birthday or yeah. I was just about to step on a cruise. She knew I couldn't answer it for 14 days or whatever, you know. So so are they are they harmful letters to your case? Are there things that judges could pay attention to, that kind mm. of nasty, malicious kind of behaviour? Yep, even if you think it's under the radar, if he tells his lawyer that it was on his birthday or, or you know, on the anniversary of his mother's death or whatever, um, mm. that will come up in court if it, if it okay. goes that far. But if you write a proper calm letter and begin, you know, you may get a respectful letter back, okay? Mm. Um, most you of us respond, That's right. Most of us respond mm. better to a courteous request. If you put um, nasty stuff in, they, they people will be inclined only to focus on that and they'll never forget it. Um, mm. You know, I'll never you hear people all the time, I'll never forgive him for when he did this, you know, when I was yeah. in hospital or when he said that yeah. or do you know, so those words can really hurt and stick in the mind. And especially if it's a father of your children, you're dealing with this guy for the rest of your life, really. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it's and not just till they're 18. Exactly. So you've got to have that respect there, regardless of your attitude towards them or what's happened in the past. I don't know if anyone's ever seen the movie Mean Girls, but they have a burn book, which goes astray because someone ends up finding it. They're meant to burn it. And they would write in all the horrible things that they were feeling and then they would burn it. But someone obviously read it. So I'm not suggesting you get a book and write all the horrible (laughs) things in that instead, but find a way to get that part of your anger out first then write the letter or vice versa you know so you still feel like you've got your emotions out but you're not passing it on which isn't going to resolve anything because when you put that kind of emotive in no one's paying any attention to the actual issue they're just everyone's hurt and upset and angry so mm-hmm. see if you if you have if you've got a psychologist come up with another strategy talk to your psych about it <laughs> have a mini whinge fest to your bestie scream um, it into a pillow yeah don't put I, it on facebook i was just going <laughs> just to say put that it on instagram <laughs> no not even not even on snapchat because you never know um just yep. don't put it anywhere and if, if yep. you put it in writing your children however little they are now uh will yes. eventually be able to read it someone will be able to show them i mean i'm mm-hmm. i'm terrified of some of the things that kids are going to learn about their parents uh, mm. in the future um through right. facebook facebook so, History, Facebook history of oh your life. Oh, my hat. Imagine no. it up every year at that oh God, date. My, my kids will just see how, what a bad cook I was, all the burnt <laughs> dinners I've done. So, Mum, we were talking about, so it's good to have a good letter. It really mm-hmm. can help the situation. You can be writing it to their lawyer if you need to, if you're representing yourself, if you are doing that. Is there anything different that you need to do in the letter as opposed to writing it to your partner? Oh, I or ex-partner? Think, yeah. So, of course, there are times when you write to your ex-partner if it's kids matters or little stuff, right, Yeah, uh, that, like day-to-day stuff. But when you feel you need to write to their lawyer, uh, you need to be formal. So it's dear yeah. Mr. such and such or Mrs. such and such. The re would be your surname, your husband's surname, okay? Um, you so, can R-E, say, so it's usually RE, which is like a subject heading in yeah. bold, yeah? Which yeah, is the next thing underneath colon, the address. Yep. So R yeah. is about colon dash. Uh, your client, um, Bradley Peters or whatever, yeah, or Bradley Peter Francis or whatever his name is, okay? Yeah. And then yeah. you say, um, again, you get to your format, I am writing to you uh, 
today because uh, your your client, okay, mm-hmm. or you can even use his first name because Bradley did mm-hmm. not return Shirley's bicycle last week. Um, mm-hmm. And then you can say, um, I've asked him to return it. Um, and then you can put in a reason, like she needs it for school next week and I can't afford another one at this mm-hmm. time. Um, you know, and would you please uh, request that your client pass the, you know, the bicycle back to us? Now, then yours faithfully. Now, to the lawyer, that's a very um, polite letter. You don't need to try and do legal talk. That'll be silly. Um, and it, mm. it does look a bit funny. Um, yeah. So, and I don't even like people really talking in the letter about your client when it's the father of their kids or, you know, their ex-husband yeah, or whatever. You know, we all yeah. know you're talking about Bradley. Um, yeah. So, uh, so use that. Give the bike um, back, Bradley, like- whoever you are. <laughs> Imaginary Bradley, how yes. dare you? <laughs> how dare you? And, and whoever um, called that child Shirley. <laughs> yeah, poor um, Shirley. Yeah. But, yes, yeah, so that's what you need to read. realise they'll be reading it. Uh, that lawyer will then discuss it with their client. So if you've got a client, if you've got an ex who does get emotional, mm. uh, then the lawyer can pass that information on to the client and filter it a little bit and and perhaps um, challenge them, you know. Mm. So, so I'm Bradley now, right? Bradley's saying yeah. to the lawyer, well, she kept, uh, uh, what did she keep? She kept their swimming togs and I didn't have any swimsuit for them for swimming, so I'm not giving the bike back, okay? Mm. So Bradley's lawyer will be saying, well, how's that helping Shirley? You know, you've got to focus on Shirley. So writing to the lawyer is really, you are writing to the lawyer. You're writing to the lawyer to get him to see it your way, and Mm. then he can uh, put a little bit of pressure on Bradley, okay? Mm. And sometimes I guess that having somebody outside of the drama talking perspective and saying keep it child focused that that's going to help and also Mm. sometimes maybe they might hide their behavior from their lawyers and the lawyer might be completely unaware of it so Mm -hmm. it's good sometimes to I guess let let them be aware now um, I thought we might quickly touch on the different types of letters that you should write based on our divorce course personalities oh yes so let's just quickly cover if you've got the easiest one, amicable, an amicable yes. relationship with your ex, everything's going great, you only have a few bumps, uh, do you need well, to do anything specific in your letter? Well, just don't wreck it. Don't wreck the amicable <laughs> relationship. Keep That's it a good nice. point. Don't be afraid of um, of being clear though, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. But don't turn your particular little molehill into a mountain by being nasty in a letter. So tread yeah. carefully. Yeah, yeah, if you've got a good amicable divorce relationship, keep it that way yep. and, and try and, you know, stand up for the rights of whatever you're doing but make sure that, yeah. Okay, that's a good tip. Mm. What about with um, manipulative and controlling? Do you know, I think with, with that sort of person, uh, writing is invaluable. Uh, your letter is invaluable. But I, I really, with that sort of person, like to put just one issue per letter. And, okay. and don't give them anything else to focus on because you're wanting an answer to that one particular question. Now, often a manipulative or controlling person will not respond to that letter, but you have a perfect letter, um, evidence that you've sent it to attach to an affidavit going forward where you've reasonably and politely 
asked and there's no risk that he misunderstood because it was just one point per letter. It right. Would, I would keep it terribly short. And if you need two answers, number the questions, one, two, and leave some clear space around it. Sorry, when you're doing the letter, leave mm. some blank room above and below so that when you glimpse at the letter, just look at it quickly, those two questions or that one question leaps out at you. Okay. What about high conflict? Well, sometimes a high conflict person has made you feel very angry as well. Um, mm. So what we said before about getting it checked by someone else um, is important. Um, but a high conflict person, honestly, you could put the you could put a nursery rhyme in your letter, um, you know, at Bar Bar Black Sheep, and they'll go, "How Don't. dare she write a letter?" or "How dare he write a letter?" So what I'm saying is. Um, if a person's determined to be high conflict, anything you write is probably going to set them off. So don't beat yourself up on that. Just follow mm. our strategy, which is have speak your truth, ask the question mm. or inform or warn, give them the deadline, the date and the time that you want, and then have your strategies ready um, for if they answer badly, if they don't answer at all, or if they write a letter back that doesn't address the issue. Okay. All right. Yeah. Don't write Baba Black Sheep in your letter, but we get that, Mum, what you mean. <laughs> so Yeah, it doesn't matter what you write, they'll get upset. If it was you'll say it's red, they'll say it's black. Yeah, so the last divorce course personality type we've got to cover for letter writing is avoidant, Mum. So what are your tips for basically people who stick their head in the sand and maybe won't even open the letter? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, sometimes they're avoidant because they're stressed or anxious and they don't want to mm-hmm. open it. Um, when they have that sort of person on the other side, uh, I write the a, a lot in the subject line if I'm sending an email. Uh, That's a I've good got, idea. Yeah. Um, even sometimes with clients who are nervous, um, I don't want them going, oh, what's happening now? Um, so in mm. the headline, I, I would write to my client, uh, read good news or you know, or in, if you're writing to your ex, you could say, um, "Re, I wonder if you could drop Shirley's bike back?" Question mark. Okay, right. So you're so putting the, know, the the request in the subject heading, so they can't really avoid it. But also, yeah. so they know it's not going to be any worse than that. Yeah, so they're more inclined to open the letter. Whereas if it's just from you and it doesn't have any context, they could think the worst. They might think you're, you know, I don't know, going to court, going to sue them for thousands of dollars or whatever, and all you want is Shirley's bike back. Yeah. So sometimes for an avoidant person I do that. Uh, if it's a letter, honestly, sometimes uh, you just have to map out the steps they need to take and, and be offered to do most of the work for them. So if you have a really avoidant person um, mm-hmm. and they're not likely to want to get involved, you can say, look, could you please give me Shirley's bike back or um or would you rather leave it at your mum's and I'll pick it up tomorrow, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And, or would you please pay the mortgage um, payment um, by next week? Um, if you want, I can set up a direct debit or meet you at the bank. You know, just that kind of lead them through it a little bit. If mm. they've got to sign something, make it really clear where they've got to sign. Uh, do yeah. everything except send the biro with it. Uh, so you just do a lot of extra work for an avoidant person to uh, help them cope. 
Okay. Well, that's some really good tips there, Mum. So we've covered the way we've got to do it. Different. You've got to make sure you know what your objective is. You've got to state the facts, what it is that you want, your Mm. deadline, and then the different ways to approach it based on your divorce course personality, which is really great. Any other tips in regards to the way, so difference between email, snail mail, uh, text messages? Should you do it by phone? What, text message or ringing? Ringing. Yeah, well, that's the value of it is the letter because no one can misconstrue it. An avoidant person can dodge answering the phone. A high-conflict person is going to find that incredibly It'll make them angry and they'll be able to argue over the phone. One of you might lose control. (laughs) Manipulative and controlling person can lie about what you said uh, and you Mm. can't prove it. Um, And, you know, but the amicable person maybe maybe a phone, but I do like a nice clear paper trail. Uh, And Mm. I think with a phone call you can't prove that you were nice, exact, short and without emotion, you know. That's true. That's true. And we're saying you write a letter you need to sleep on it overnight. Um, you don't get that opportunity with a phone call or a text. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, just just be very thoughtful. Uh, and if you – so when, you, when you're talking about paper trail, I guess with text messages, over time you can have millions of text messages. So is it a good idea yeah. maybe to screenshot those kind of important ones and save them in a folder or email them to yourself? Yep. It is. It is. Okay. If it's really important, sometimes you don't know it's important until afterwards, uh, so yeah. that's a good way of doing it. But if it was really important, I'd be saying put it in a formal email. Um, yeah. Letters take so long these days. So if you, even if you do a letter, attach it to an email as an attachment and send it, I think. Um, you can okay. do read receipts. You can, you know, make sure it's been sent uh, that mm. way. Letters are really valuable. If you want to do it yourself, that's good. How much does it cost for a lawyer to write a letter? Well, between about $35 and $55 for a letter that only takes, say, six minutes to dictate or write. But remember, that letter gets to the other side. Then they, or you may have to check it before your client lawyer sends it. There's another $40. Um, The other side, they write a letter to your lawyer. Your lawyer has to read that letter. And that could be between forty and a hundred dollars. Then they send it to you, um, seeking instructions and giving you advice. And there's another hundred dollars. Um, yeah. So you'll, I think I've lost track, but I'm thinking it's getting close to three hundred dollars a letter. So yeah. don't any that you can do yourself do. Um, mm. If you've got a lawyer on the record, you can't be writing a letter to to his lawyer. Uh, mm but your lawyer may um, step out of the uh, arena, so to speak, um, and, you know, say I'm not acting just for all of this argy-bargy thing because you need to keep your, if you're going to have a lawyer, you need to keep the money um, free for when you really need them, like in court. Yeah. Mm. So I guess there'll be people who are waiting for trials, there'll be people who are nearly at mediation, there'll, pe- there'll be people who are waiting for mediation, I've had mediation. So there'll be people who are listening to this that are all the way along the different stages of their Absolutely. of their journey. Is it um and they can use letters the whole way through. So can you be still negotiating and writing um while you're waiting for a trial or waiting for your mediation? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Okay. So if you're, yeah. if you're not represented and you're waiting for a mediation, why would you stop, you know, trying? But just mark the letter without prejudice. So if you're about to write a letter that you don't want to ever be in court, except if you're trying to prove that your your ex is unreasonable and you want costs. Um, mm. you, so if you're writing to settle something, like if you're saying, okay, um, Peter, um, I'll I'll settle by um, if you give me the house, you can keep your super, right? If you're writing mm. a letter like that, put without prejudice on the top of it because um, then um, if you do go for more property later on, um, yeah. If you get yeah, then you're not stuck with that letter that you sent as an open offer. Okay. Mm. So when you said they can go for costs, um, can you explain that a little bit better? Yes. Uh, it's probably a little bit out of the range of these proceedings, but if you've written a letter that was reasonable and, and exact and, and without emotion and put an offer to the other side to completely end the case, right, um, yeah. and you put without prejudice at the top, the full expression is without prejudice, save as to costs. So when ultimately you have your hearing, uh, your trial in front of the judge, and you get your outcome, if that, if that, if the judge orders, for instance, that you get the house and he gets the super, um, hmm. then um, you, you or your lawyer can say, Your Honour, I made this offer to my ex partner way back in March 2021 or whatever. And mm. we've only had to go to court because that person's being unreasonable. I want my legal fees paid from that date on. And the court will probably give you an award of costs, not 100% of the cost. Um, mm. Most people have to pay their own costs, but if you've made a reasonable effort to settle, then mm. that's best done in a letter and marked without prejudice. So at any time right. you can try and sort things out. Just don't okay. make it any worse as you go. Yeah. So if you write without prejudice, that doesn't mean you can write nasty things in the letter though, does it? So oh, you gosh, know, no. not no. follow the compass because that, that's not going to work. That doesn't go. You can't no. show the judge that because I wrote not without prejudice. Yes. Okay. One of the things Just the checking. court looks at is your attitude. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you all have to, you have to try to keep your dignity um, mm -hmm. and hold your heads up high and, you know, we're just... Stepping out of this um, situation in the best way and, and moving forward, and and our listeners are probably trying to save some money to help help their kids, you know, grow yeah. and their new life. And uh, this yeah. is about yeah, doing that, saving for you, that. So, so keeping yep. your dignity, negotiating to avoid court if all possible, and solving arguments if you've got kids for the better betterness of the kids, like life so I, I totally see a value in writing a letter and a good letter and thank you mum for sharing all those great tips so if you've got a particular uh, personality divorce personality make sure you listen to what mum suggested but of course as we always say please get individual legal advice because everybody's um, case is different but this is yep. just general advice if you're writing a letter and the value of a letter. You don't, like Mum said, you don't have to just sit there on your on your thumbs and wait until your mediation date or your trial date, which could be a year away. Yeah. So mm -hmm. you can still try and solve some things. So thank you, Mum, yeah. for that. That's that was really um, informative. Oh, thank you, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully we will see you guys soon. We aim to be trying to cover an episode once a week. 
and we are we taking are. recommendations for topics that you would like us to cover for anything that you're struggling with at the moment. But thank you, Mum, for your time. Have a lovely uh, weekend, everyone. Bye-bye. If you found this podcast helpful, we'd love it if you could rate, review and subscribe. By doing so, you are spreading the word to help someone else just like you. Lynn would like to remind you that this podcast is general advice only and you should always get legal advice in relation to your particular situation. And remember that the Australian laws may have changed since recording in 2020.